Welcome to the Fit and Free with AIM podcast. I'm your host, Amy Louise. By listening to this podcast, you'll gain clarity and apply now principles in relation to training, nutrition, and mindset, all designed to help you build a strong and lean physique and show up as your best self. If you're a woman who struggles with excessive behaviors when it comes to training and food and think of yourself as a perfectionist, I hear you, I see you, I was you. And I know that you're in exactly the right place to change that narrative and build a body you love inside and out. Let's go. Hello and welcome to episode 43, I believe, of the podcast. I can't believe we're almost at 50. It is very, very exciting. So thank you again for supporting me. Thank you again for sharing it on your social medias and even with friends and family. It means a whole lot. And thank you as well for all of the DMs and feedback, especially last week with the episode that came through. I Sometimes I'm not sure if I, sure if I should share those more personal moments and really dive deep into what's happening and just the lessons that we can find in there and and how I use that to work with my clients as well. But at the same time, I think that those episodes get a a lot of positive feedback and a lot of you see yourself in what I'm saying or see yourself in the processes that I'm explaining. So, you know, it's always my goal to provide episodes that are significantly valuable to you and help you on your physique and training performance journeys with your health and fitness as well. And making this as a sustainable process as can be, which is a really nice segue for the question that came in this week. So the question was from a listener and I'm for the people watching, I'm just going to turn my head a little bit because I've got some notes written down. So if you see me do that, it's just because I want to keep on track with this podcast. But the question was, how do you identify when you've created a bullshit food rule versus just doing what you need to do to get the results that you're after? Right. So I think I'm going to call this episode something like, are your food rules helping you or hindering you or something along those lines? And it's a really interesting one too, because I know the person who messaged me this question really, really well, and they definitely fit the stereotype of the listener. And of course, of myself, of we just expect the best from ourselves. We set very high standards. And if there's a way to do something, we want to know like what's the most optimal way of doing this? What is the best way of doing this? And we do understand that, okay, we may not always be able to meet that, but you can bet your bottom dollar we're going to try to meet that. And we don't love to cut corners. We're not always asking like what's the easiest way to do this thing and how can I get away with doing the least amount possible? But the really, really, really interesting thing when it comes to physique and performance is one of the overall arching principles is stress management because if we're in a stress state and this just doesn't mean mental stress of course this is like allostatic load every little thing in your life that adds up to create overall stress so it could be you know work it could be training it could be lack of sleep it could be relational it could be anything that causes any kind of stress and that adds up into like what's called an allostatic load right And something like food rules, something like unnecessary food rules can be causing us more stress, right? So it's not always about in this physique game, how can I do more? How can I be more aggressive? And that producing a better result, why? 
because more often it's impacting our stress and causing us too much stress, okay? So this is why it's not a case of better, uh, sorry, harder, faster, you know, more aggressive, whatever as being a better approach. It's because that has impacts on our stress levels and our stress levels greatly impact our ability to recover, our ability to sleep, our ability to manage our emotions, our ability to manage our food, our ability to lose body fat, uh, our ability to get the things done that we need to get done, right? So it's stress. Yeah, it's a, it's a really interesting concept and that's where so many of us me and you guys listening can fall into not dangerous territory but territory where we're doing a lot for little reward and it often comes down to overall stress load is just far too high right so I really really absolutely love this question I think a lot of you will probably be asking the same thing now the other thing is with this episode I think that there's going to be some food rules that come out of here or that you didn't realize were actually getting in your way that you thought were helping you because it's something I see with my clients. So the way I want to answer this question is take you through the process and the framework that I use to coach my clients inside the Glam Body program because I think it's going to be the easiest way to explain how to look at this question and then apply it to your own life apply it to your own habits and actions to see where, like, where is this helping me in my physique and performance progress? And where is this holding me back or hindering me actually from making the progress I need to make? Okay. So what we're going to do, there is three parts to this framework, to this process. They're quite simple. And I want to try and keep this fairly high level and simple so you can just apply it really easily. Should you have questions, um, I'm thinking about whether I might invite you to message me because I do have a presentation that's going to go into one of these pieces and as I speak and I'll have a think about whether I actually want to put it out there or whether it's just going um, too far into the weeds, but we'll have a look. Okay. So first things first, what are we talking about here? We're specifically talking about nutrition. We're specifically talking about getting a physique result in this case, but also because all of you guys are training, all of you guys are at least trying to maintain muscle uh, throughout the year, if not build muscle throughout the year. Of course, this is a lens we're looking at. So what is our one of our overarching principles here? We've got to look at it from an energy standpoint, uh, a nutrition standpoint, So we're going to look at the basic principle of energy balance, which just means if we uh, consume the same amount of energy that we are burning, our body weight is going to stay the same. And consuming can be through fluid or food, anything that contains energy, anything that contains calories, right? I'm going to use calories and energy interchangeably here. Okay, if we are ingesting less than we are burning, then we are going to lose body weight. And if we are ingesting more than we are burning, we're going to gain body weight. Now, you'll notice that I said body weight and I didn't specifically say fat, okay? So one of the really, really interesting things is we can lose weight and it'd be very little amounts from body fat and it can be more from muscle. (laughs) We can gain body weight and it'd be very little amounts of body fat and be more 
more of muscle. Very, very interesting to note this. That's why I didn't specifically say we would lose body fat or we would um, gain body fat because muscle mass does come into play here, especially when we are eating in a particular way and training in a particular way, okay? So typically, hopefully, though, if we are if we are in a deficit, we're going to be wanting to lose body fat, more body fat than muscle mass, of course. And if we are in a surplus, for most people, we're going to be wanting to build more muscle mass than we are body fat. Again, there are exceptions to both of those. I do coach clients who need to increase their amount of body fat. So that's one example. Um, And with the deficit example, if we're doing things like, you know, really lacking in sleep and very high stress, we might actually be losing quite a lot of muscle mass in a deficit, which is not what we want to achieve. But I did just want to put those little nuances there so you understand when we're talking about the overall principle of energy balance, <clears throat> it's primarily about like scale weight loss and gain or maintenance. And we have to take it one level further to look at for people like you and me who train the retention or building of muscle mass, right? So what happens there? What's that next layer that we need to pay attention to? Well, it's of course resistance training and our protein intake. So those things are going to have a drastic impact on our body composition, right? So just think about two people both in a deficit. One is eating low protein. One is eating high protein. The low protein person in a deficit is not training at all and has never trained. The person in the high protein deficit is training. Those two people, even like just say they were like the same person genetically, they're going to end up with two different body compositions because the person who is eating a higher protein intake and training is going to be able to retain or even build if they were a newbie to lifting in a deficit builds muscle mass and the other person is not. So they're going to end up with two very different body compositions. Okay. So I hope I've explained that very simply without getting into the weeds. I think what I will say here is if you're hearing this and you're like, okay, I understand that what I don't know is like, what does high protein mean? How do I find out how much protein I should be eating for me? Uh, and any 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 further questions you have about energy balance, I do have a presentation that I can send you. It's a pre-recorded like seminar, webinar, whatever you want to call it. If you want to DM me and just say like, can I grab the presentation on uh, the principles of energy balance? I will get that to you. So you can DM me and I will send that to you. Okay. But this is, this is the first part of this framework. We just have to understand the overarching principles. So this isn't my opinion. It's not some, you know, some bullshit that I've pulled out of thin air. We have an, an established overarching principle of energy balance. So that is if I consume the same, the same amount that I'm burning, I'm going to roughly maintain my weight. If I'm consuming more than I'm burning, I'm going to gain weight. If I consume less, I'm going to lose weight. And then when we look at either building or retention of muscle mass, like trying to hold on to as much as we can, then we just need to look at our uh, protein intake and our resistance training, okay? Combined, of course, with that first step. So that's the overarching principle, right? 
So from there, the next part is let's identify the food rules that you have. So this is something I can do pretty quickly in a coaching process when I'm talking to my clients and getting their feedback on a weekly basis. I ask them like, how did your food go? And this question, and sometimes we might have a little bit of a back and forth, will help show me a lot about what's going on in their head and where they might be having food rules that are completely unnecessary to them getting Getting the reaching the goals that they want to achieve. Okay, so the way you're going to do this is you're going to write down like either what you believe to be a complete and utter fact when it comes to nutrition and reaching the goals you want to achieve, or what are some rules you know that oh you know are maybe. Uh, maybe a problematic. Like sometimes we already know that maybe they are prob- problematic. Sometimes we have a whole bunch of food rules that we have no idea. Okay. So I just want you to write down like, what do you think is necessary to achieve when it comes to your nutrition and how you eat, maybe even the kinds of foods that you eat that is going to get towards your goals. Okay. So in there, you're going to write down that list. <laughs> Most of these are probably absolutely unnecessary, which, yeah, that's why I'm sort of giggling a little bit, but I'm going to take you through which ones aren't necessary, the common ones that people have that aren't necessary, and then the common ones that are, okay? So that's step two. So step two is identify what beliefs, what what beliefs do you hold at the moment about what you need to do to reach your goals, whether that is fat loss, whether it is just maintaining your body weight and maybe, you know, creeping up muscle a little bit or significantly building muscle in a growth phase. What do you believe you need to do? And how do you, you know, view food just on a daily basis, because I think that there might be some rules in there that you'll find as well. So write them all down. Okay. Now for step number three, and this is where I'm going to start giving you tangible examples. What we're going to do, we're actually going to, sorry, and I'll just, I'll just scoot back for a second here. The reason why I'm going to go through this third step is it's not that helpful if I just tell you what is and what's not, because I can't go through the exhaustive list. The reason why I'm setting out this framework is so that you can take this and apply this yourself. Okay. So step number three is brainstorming possibilities of where are the rules that you've got, where they sit with those two overarching principles that I mentioned. Okay, so you've got your list of rules. I want you to go back to our point number one, which was energy balance and muscle maintenance, right, or growth. And I want you to ask yourself, can I meet those uh, overarching principles without needing to apply this rule? (laughs) Can I meet those overarching principles without needing to apply this rule? Because if you answered yes, then the rule is probably unnecessary. Okay. So what I'm going to go through now is I'm going to give you some examples of the rules you might have written down. I'm going to give you some examples of rules that are actually really helpful and help us meet those. And then the rules that are absolutely not, and they're completely unnecessary. Okay. So The example that came to me in this question was someone who is a competitive athlete. So what does that mean in and of itself? It does mean that they are trying to get to a really low body fat percentage. And this does mean that they are going to be, they are going to have to be 
quite significantly mindful and accurate in order to continue meeting their deficit needs because as we get leaner, especially for females, the process gets a little bit harder. So we can't have too much room for error or we won't be meeting that overarching principle of energy balance. Now, for her, the specific rule that she had was... I can't eat out at all. Like I cannot eat out at all. So this means a meal not prepared by me. She doesn't mean processed foods where I'm reading labels. Okay. So, you know, we could have even gone down that route. I'm not even going to eat any processed foods, but the the specific question that came was I'm not going to eat out at any restaurants. And the idea there is that, well, I, you know, I can't be accurate enough. Okay. So let's have a look at that rule, right? Can we still meet the overarching principles of energy balance? And for this client would be, can I meet the principle specifically of a deficit? And then of course, hit my protein intake for that muscle retention at the very least principle. Well, yes and yes. <laughs> okay. So why then is this principle potentially hindering her? So there are a couple of things. The way restaurants are set up now is that we can get food that is not cooked in oil and like very, very simple. And the restaurants are also listing, listing their macronutrient profiles. So Yes, she may not be able to eat everything on the menus. She won't hit that overarching principle of being in a deficit. Got it? So yes, she may not be able to do that. Yes, she may need to eat very simple foods that are prepared very simply. But can she still do those things eating out? Yes, she can, right? So we're not, we, we, this, we're, this is where we're starting to see that the rule in and of itself is too broad to need to apply to every situation. But there are some considerations that she'll definitely need to take in place. And the reason why I'm saying things like getting things cooked in, not cooked in oils, and you know maybe having some specific requests and checking menus for macronutrients is because she's a competitor. If she was a lifestyle client, I wouldn't say to bother to go to those lengths, but she's trying to get down to a very lean body weight. So yes, of course, there are going to be some things, but it doesn't mean we can't eat out, right? That rule is still too, is still too broad. And what that rule can do is actually lead to even higher degrees of stress because, well, when we think about someone eating out at a restaurant, typically it's socially and meeting up with friends and family, which is typically, again, probably going to be a stress relieving activity unless we're we're sitting there not being able to eat anything and really, really conscious about our food. That's going to induce stress. Or not seeing, you know, your friends and family for three months, that's going to induce a lot of stress, right? So just having a think about this, right? How can we hit these overarching principles in a way that is going to be more stress-free for us than stress-inducing? Okay, so that was just one example. I'm going to give you another example from a client this week who is in a maintenance phase with me. And she said to me, I really need to stop eating um, so much chips and chocolate. Or I shouldn't even say that. It was, I just need to stop eating chips and chocolate. So what I said to her was like, this is an interesting point. And let's go back to our overarching principles of energy balance. And she's at maintenance. So we're looking at hitting a, you know, a moderate amount of protein intake for her. Can we still have chips and chocolate and do those two things? 
Yes, we can. So we can see that that rule, that blanket rule, I need to stop eating two of the foods that I love. We actually don't need to. And that could cause her more stress by cutting them out completely, right? Than having them in moderate amounts, meeting our targets. And there's, you know, less stress because we're not, we don't have these food rules playing out, this over-restricted way of eating. So I hope that one makes sense to you. The same thing can be said for meal timings. So sometimes some people believe unnecessarily that we have to have meals at a certain time. Now, the one of the nuanced principles that I haven't spoken about yet is that with our protein intake, it does help support muscle maintenance and muscle growth if we can spread out our protein intake across the course of the day you know, about, you know, something like four times across the course of the day from morning to night, about four times. That is a really, really good place for us to be in terms of maintenance of muscle or building muscle. Okay. So that is just one nuanced aspect of the um, principles of, you know, muscle maintenance of body composition that I didn't speak about earlier. But apart from that, there is no magic with meal timing. You can eat at 9 p.m. It's not going to have a big impact or sorry, it's not going to have any detrimental impact as you eating at a different a different time. Right. So in terms of meal timing, just think about protein across the course of the day. Otherwise, you know, there was this um, idea uh, like 10 years ago, 20 years ago that you shouldn't eat after 6.30 p.m. or carbs after dark were a big no-no. And it's it's not like that. I imagine it just came from trying to help people to reduce their intake overall and a very simplified way of asking people to do that without having to explain like everything that I'm explaining on this podcast is just to say like, don't eat after 6.30. What happens after 6.30 for a lot of people who don't have educational knowledge about nutrition? Well, there's, you know, sitting in front of the TV, eating a lot of snacks. If we just tell someone don't like, don't do that. Like we don't explain why, but we tell them not to. They think that they they might think there's something magical about that after 6.30 time period when actually we're just causing them to eat a little bit less calories, which meets that overarching principle of energy balance, yeah? So we typically see more food rules with food types. Eat this, not that. These foods are quote-unquote clean. I saw this the other day. Uh, it wasn't from a coach. It was just from a general lifestyle person who loves training and who'd gotten good results and she'd put up a question box and people were asking her questions about nutrition Uh, and she said you know kind of unfortunately like just eat clean and it's no you don't need to eat clean like number one what is clean I think when we say clean we kind of all assume it means totally non-processed foods but you know even something like yogurt is a processed food right even like you know a high protein greek yogurt would be an amazing food to consume to meet our um, overarching principles of energy balance and of course getting enough protein in but by those standards of clean eating well that wouldn't really fit into it would it right so we want to look to do you have any rules on your list about what foods you can and can't eat now intolerances aside if you have specific intolerances and sensitivities whatever that is that but different you know food types i can't eat chocolate if i'm going to move into a deficit no that's not true 
Can you have some chocolate and it meet your deficit calories? And can you still meet your protein target? Yes, yes. So why would you need to cut out chocolate? The only reason you might need to cut out chocolate is if you cannot moderate yourself around it. Like if you can't stick to that overarching principle of energy balance, where if you want to lose fat, you need to be in a deficit. If you can't stick to that whilst consuming chocolate as well, then okay, maybe you need to look at that. But does that is that a rule for everyone? Absolutely not. So I, I, can, I hope you're seeing how simple I've made this process. In terms of you asking yourself, is this rule actually going to help me to get to to my goals or am I making this process far harder than it needs to be? So for an example, with the chocolate, I am in a deficit for a bikini comp prep and someone, I I actually messaged someone, the new block of, I can't remember what it is. Is it like Chiquito? (laughs) Um, I don't know how to pronounce it either, but it's amazing. And I messaged her and I said, this is really good. And she was like, I can't believe you're eating chocolate like in a comp prep. And it's like, well, I have, I only have like one square a day, maybe two, right? I'm not eating that much, right? But I can still fit that in, into my deficit. And it's fine. Like there's nothing specifically about chocolate that is not going to help me reach my goals. When we're thinking about energy coming in, it is literally almost like the matrix. You know, it has a nutrient profile, a micronutrient and a macronutrient profile and energy. And that's about it, right? And some foods are going to, you know, help us feel more feel more full. Some foods are going to have greater levels of micronutrients, greater levels of fiber, greater levels of protein. Like there is different nutrient profiles for each of the foods that we're going to eat for sure. And some of them are going to be more helpful to us achieving our physique results. Now, the reason why chocolate helps me achieve my physique results even in a deficit is it's a really nice little treat for me. I really enjoy it and it it gives me something that will help me sustain the deficit and potentially, you know, dig a little bit deep and be hungry and sort of be all of those things, you know, fatigue that deficits do bring up, but just have like a little bit of a silver lining through the day. And something like that, something as small as that actually helps de-stress me because I don't feel completely and utterly restricted. So I hope you can see how this is playing out in real life. I've got some other notes here with um, narratives around eating with certain people and the foods you need to consume with certain people to, I don't know, keep up appearances or um, maintain friendships or not feel left out. Different foods about eating out. When I eat out, I'm not allowed to do X, Y, Z. Again, just go back. What are your goals what is the overarching principle of energy balance to achieve your goals right have a think about your protein intake if you can do all of those things we don't need the rule we just don't need the rule okay so i hope this has helped you identify first of all some of the common rules that we have why i'm saying that they're unnecessary what the overarching principles are that we need to be ticking off and within that If we can meet them, then the rule is literally unnecessary, okay? So go through that framework, go through that process that I use with my clients in the Glam Body Program to make sure that the way that they're consuming their food is sustainable long-term. Because when we're thinking about physique results, what we're trying to do is build a lifestyle for a person over a period of time, and this is skill-based, so it can take time, that's totally fine, 
right? But we're trying to build a lifestyle for them so that all they need to do if they want to achieve a particular result at a particular point in time is just turn the dial a tiny little bit to achieve the result. But it's not creating, we're never doing overhauls of lifestyles. We're never doing detoxes, not that they work, but we're never doing detoxes. We're never, you know, I'm, I'm you know, starting again Monday. It's none of this stuff. So the language, I, I, I don't use the language off track, on track, because the way that I help my ladies live is to build a lifestyle that supports their physique goals. They go hand in hand and it's never about, well, I'll just, you know, um, go really hard and cut out all these things and completely overhaul my lifestyle to get a deficit result. We don't need to do that. Yes, we need to hit the overarching principle of energy balance for losing body fat or losing weight, which means we need to be in a deficit of calories. Yes, we need to do that. Yes, we need to hit a certain amount of protein intake. Yes, we need to be mindful of our food intake. You don't necessarily have to track macros to get into a deficit. You need to be in a deficit. And then to maintain muscle mass, you need to be hitting an adequate amount of protein. Again, if you need some help with that, just shoot me through a message and I'll help. We have to meet those things. If we meet them, you know, we're training, we're getting our sleep and our, uh, our stress is managed and all those things are ticked off. We don't need to unnecessarily cut out foods, okay, or eat special foods only. Uh, one of the other questions that I had that I wanted to finish with this is about the, uh, I think it was like the, you know, the eat girl trend, the that girl trend. So this is something that I got caught up in many years ago before I was a trainer before I was a qualified trainer. So I was looking to not really Instagram at the time so much, more so YouTube. And there were these, you know, beautiful athletic women, uh, fitness models, and they were showing what they were eating. And these women weren't competitors because competitors tend to eat the same boring shit over and over again, Um, but more so fitness models. And what they're trying to do, of course, is build a channel, build an audience, build an aspirational lifestyle. So we need to remember when we're consuming content online, what we're seeing is someone who is trying to build a brand and an audience and an aspirational one. So everything is going to look way prettier. Everything is going to be a little bit like, you know, rare, right? And something that we're aspiring to, something that the everyday Joe is aspiring to, everyday Jane is aspiring to. So they're going to make their food look beautiful. They're going to be sourcing ingredients like, you know, organic, whatever ingredients from their local fucking farmer's market, right? They're going to, not that that's bad. Like I'm not saying these things are bad, but I am saying just think of the lens that the person is producing content for, or the, sorry, the reason why they're producing the content. And so often these things are to show you an aspirational lifestyle to be fair that the person may not even be leading off camera, but it's like, look how beautiful everything looks. Look how aspirational my life is. You want to be like me, buy my ebook. You want to look like me, buy my t-shirts. You want to look like me, buy my supplement. So just think about that lens of what you're consuming content through and especially if the person is selling something and to be really honest with you even if they're not it's still your attention that they're 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 trying to buy off you your time sat in front of their channel which they're monetizing and making money off that off your attention without you even buying anything you're giving them their attention now none of this is bad i fucking love youtube so much i watch so many competitors i watch finance videos i watch like book reviews like i watch a whole lot of stuff okay but we just have to 
understand when it's something like nutrition, what is the point of the person putting this video out? What are they trying to achieve? Are they actually trying to specifically help me with my nutrition or are they trying to sell me an aspirational lifestyle or entertainment, okay? So I went off on a bit of a tangent there, but it is really important to just bring some awareness to what you're consuming and understand that just because, you know, Jane is telling you that you need to eat you know, all of these rare organically sourced foods, we have to ask ourselves again, (laughs) you know, going back to the overarching principles of energy balance, making sure we're hitting our protein intake. You know, I haven't spoken much about micronutrients and fiber, really important. Again, if you want that information, um, please ask me for the presentation. I'll send that to you. But if we're hitting those things, we don't have to create unnecessary food rules. You don't have to eat these specific foods and not these specific foods. You don't have to cut out processed foods. There are plenty of processed foods that are significantly helpful in you achieving your goals. You don't have to cut out your favorite foods if you can have them in a way that sits suits your energy balance needs, whether it's being in a deficit, maintenance, or in a growth phase, okay? You don't have to not eat out. We do have to be mindful, again, what's the overarching principle of energy balance? How are you going to maintain your muscle mass? Those things are really important. And then ask yourself, what are the rules that I have? Brainstorm what what could be possible and still meet those overarching rules. So for the, the question that came through originally, again, can I eat out and still hit those things? Yes. Does it look a little bit different than just ordering, you know, six things off the menu and not even thinking about it? Yes, it does. I do have to be particular in what I'm ordering. I do have to be particular. I may even have to ask them not to cook something in oil, whatever. I can still eat out, right? There's still options for me. Okay, especially 2022, so many restaurants have their macronutrients written out for specific foods. Okay, we can do this. So I hope this episode was really valuable to you. I hope it's helped you have a look at your food rules that you have and given you a framework so that you can actually say, holy shit, I don't need to make this way harder than it needs to be. And why don't I need to make it way harder? Because that's not a badge of honor if it's going to increase my stress levels and actually hinder my physique and performance results. So I think I think that was like a Mitrock moment that I can end on. (laughs) If you love the episode, as always, please, 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 could you let me know? I love receiving DMs from you. Please let me know that you loved it. Please let me know what your main takeaway was. Please also share it around, whether it's on your social media and stories that help support the channel so much, or even just sending it to friends and family and just letting them know that the podcast exists. And also, if you're watching it on YouTube, I would really, really appreciate if you could give me a like, a subscribe, and some love on there. I'm trying to build the YouTube at the moment, and it's a little bit of a quiet community, and I would love to hear from you if you like watching the YouTube videos. Maybe you like the way I'm presenting them now. I'm specifically filming them on a camera. Uh, so the YouTube quality is a little bit better. And so, yeah, I would really appreciate hearing from you with that. If you need any help with anything else, uh, you can click into the description box and there's other ways to contact me. But with that being said, I hope you all have an amazing week and I will be back with you next week.